the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Everyone must have thought he was a fool. And listen, when you walk by faith and you live a life of faith, there are going to be people that think you're a fool. Do that. They think you're the biggest fool in the world. That you are wasting your time and wasting your life following Christ. And that's okay. Because God's opinion of you is the only opinion that matters. Who cares what they think? I want to hear on that day, well done, good and faithful servant from the Lord. That's what we're living for. When you make the decision to follow and obey Christ, you may face situations that God's word to you is contrary to the world. It won't fit with advice you're given or make worldly sense. You may face rejection or those close to you because of your decision to listen to God. However, as Pastor Dan explains today, God's opinion is all that matters. He's the one who knows what's best. He sees your future and knows your heart and your needs. Nothing's too hard for Him. He'll accomplish in you all He desires, if you're willing. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 32, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. down everything so that later on when you wake up in the cold sweat in the middle of the night you you can pull out that list and you can remind yourself now this is what God did this is what God said I'm not crazy God led me into this you want to have that list so that you can refer back to it before my wife and I moved here to Maryland from Florida to plant this church We wrote down everything the Lord did to confirm to us that we were supposed to move here to plant a church. We got a a yellow legal-sized pad, and we sat down at the kitchen table, and we just started to write down every verse, uh, every conversation. Uh, There were many people that spoke into our lives that they didn't even realize God was speaking through them because nobody knew we were praying about coming here at that point. Every verse, every prayer, every conversation, every sermon. There were so many sermons that the Lord used on the radio and at church where God just spoke to us about moving to Maryland. There were songs on the radio at that time that were about, you know, getting out of the boat. Uh, There was a popular song at that time, a, a worship song. If you say go, I will go. It was on the radio every five minutes, right? Now, if you take one of those things, you know, if you just take the song, that one song, I would not make a life decision on one song. But if you take all those things, we had pages and pages 
of front and back legal sized paper with just lists written out columns of all the ways that God confirmed you. You put it all together collectively. It's hard to deny that the Lord's speaking. And you write that all out and you keep it with you. We kept that. We still have that stack of papers that we wrote out somewhere in a file. But we had that with us just in case. Just in case there was ever a day that we thought, maybe we weren't supposed to come here. Maybe this wasn't the Lord. Maybe this was just our crazy idea. Maybe we made a mistake. We never had those thoughts. But I, I wanted that document just in case, you know, kind of like in case of emergency, break glass, you know, all right, we've got to read this because I want to drive home now. And that never happened to us. But when you're making a big decision like that, you, you want to have that. For Jeremiah, the Lord told him, the, the Lord told him before it would happen that his cousin would come to him and ask him to buy his field. And then it happened. Then his cousin showed up. And that, that's a good confirmation for Jeremiah. He knows it's the Lord now once his, his cousin showed up. And that's helpful during that time of doubt. Now look at verse 7. Going back a little bit. Hanamel told Jeremiah, for the right of redemption is yours to buy it. Now, if you're a note taker, you can jot down Leviticus chapter 25, verses 25 to 34. According to Leviticus, according to the law of Moses, um, the promised land was a sacred inheritance. God gave portions of the land to each of the 12 tribes of Israel as their inheritance. And the land that was given to each tribe was to stay in the family. It was to stay in the family. The property was not to leave the family or not leave the tribe. If a person in a family fell into debt and had to sell off their land to pay their debt or forfeit their land because of their debt, according to the law, the nearest family member, the nearest male family member who was willing to, and financially able to, that nearest family member could purchase the land, redeem the property to keep the property in the family. And it was called the right of redemption. That's what Hanamel mentions here. This right of redemption. The family member had the right to redeem the property to keep it in the family. They kind of had first right of refusal. You see a great example of this in the book of Ruth with Boaz, the kinsman redeemer is what he's called, the kinsman redeemer. Hanamel went to Jeremiah to ask him to redeem his land because the right of redemption was Jeremiah's to buy. Now, we don't know why Hanamel offered the field to Jeremiah. It's not stated. We don't know if he got himself into some kind of financial trouble, got himself into some debt was about to lose the property, so he goes to Jeremiah to offer uh, the property to Jeremiah and to ask Jeremiah to redeem it if he is willing and if he is able to do it financially. If that's the case, well, Hanamel's Jeremiah's cousin. There's probably another relative closer in relationship to Hanamel than Jeremiah, if he's his cousin. Jeremiah is probably not the nearest relative. To Hanamel. There's probably other relatives that were closer in relation than Jeremiah. It's, it's probable that the other relatives closer to Hanamel than Jeremiah 
refused to redeem the property. <laughs> that Hanamel went to the nearest male relative that he's related to, and that guy said, are you crazy? I'm not buying that land. The Babylonians just conquered it. And then Hanamel went to the next relative, and the next relative, and the next relative, And he goes down the list in the family. And now he gets to Jeremiah. (laughs) And he goes to Jeremiah. And that's Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, his cousin, believing the promises of God, that the land would be restored after the captivity, Jeremiah agreed to redeem the land. Now that's one possibility. That Hanamel has just worked his way through the family until he got to Jeremiah. Another possibility is, it could be that Hanamel was just testing Jeremiah. Because the land is worthless to Hanamel. The Babylonians have captured it. And Jeremiah, this crazy cousin of his, is promising that God is going to restore the land. So it could be that, that Hanamel went to Jeremiah and kind of, kind of challenged Jeremiah to put his money where his mouth is. Well, hey, cuz, if you really think that you're going to get the land back, why don't you buy my land? And then once the land comes back to us, then it'll be yours. So I'll sell you my land. <laughs> you know, years ago, maybe about 20 years ago, there used to be a Christian bumper sticker that was really popular uh, that said, had kind of like a warning sign on it. And it said, warning... In case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. And then someone else came out with a bumper sticker mocking the Christian bumper sticker that said, in case of rapture, can I have your car? Right? And, it, and I, it, that could be the attitude that Hanamel here has. He's kind of mocking Jeremiah. Asking Jeremiah to put his money where his mouth is. And maybe Hanamel's thinking, well, this isn't going to be a total loss for me to the Babylonians. Maybe I can get my crazy cousin, Jeremiah, to buy the land off of me. Whatever the reason was, we don't know, we can't say for sure. Hanamel came to Jeremiah while he was in prison, asked him to redeem the land, and Jeremiah bought the land. And everyone must have thought Jeremiah was the biggest fool in the world for buying this land that has been captured by the Babylonians with the Babylonians outside the city wall of Jerusalem. Everyone must have thought he was a fool. And listen, when you walk by faith and you live a life of faith, there are going to be people that think you're a fool to do that. They think you're the biggest fool in the world and that you are wasting your time and wasting your life following Christ. And that's okay. Because God's opinion of you is the only opinion that matters. Who cares what they think? I want to hear on that day, well done, good and faithful servant from the Lord. That's what we're living for. So we come now to verse 9. Verses 9 to 12 give us the details of how this purchase was transacted in Jeremiah's day. Just interesting kind of historical details of how a land transfer took place or how land was sold and bought. Uh, verse 9, so I bought the field from Hanamel, the son of my uncle who was in Anathoth. I weighed out to him the money. 17 shekels of silver. And we'll talk about that in a minute. And I signed the deed, and then I sealed it. I took witnesses and weighed the money out on the scales. 
So I took the purchase deed, both that which was sealed according to the law and custom, and that which was open. They would have two deeds. They would have the sealed deed, the official deed, and they would have the second deed that would be kept open, that would be a, a summary of the actual deed that they could refer to. And I gave the purchase deed to uh, Baruch, the son of Neriah, son of Mensiah, in the presence of Hanamel, my uncle's son, and in the presence of the witnesses who signed the purchase deed before all the Jews who sat in the court of the prison. So first of all, we're told that Jeremiah paid 17 shekels of silver for the land, even though the land was virtually worthless. The, the price he paid was 17 shekels, which shows just how devalued the land was at this point. Just to give you some perspective on the price of this land. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. 1,500 years before Jeremiah, in Genesis chapter 23, Abraham paid 400 shekels of silver for the field of Ephron to bury his wife, Sarah. So 1,500 years before this, the going price for a burial cave was 400 pieces of silver for a cave to bury someone. Jeremiah paid 17 shekels of silver. 300 years before Jeremiah, David paid 600 shekels of gold for the threshing floor and surrounding lands of of Ornan on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem, what became the temple mount. 600 shekels of gold. Again, Jeremiah pays 17 shekels of silver. In the New Testament, Matthew 27, the money that Judas Iscariot returned back to the religious leaders was used to purchase the potter's field. 30 pieces of silver was used to purchase the potter's field, and the potter's field was uh, turned into a cemetery for burying strangers or or unclaimed uh, uh, bodies. A, A potter's field, the reason it was called a potter's field is because those who made pottery, pots, any broken pottery, they would dump it into the field. So it became the potter's field. It was useless for farming because there were so many shards of pottery in it, so many pieces of broken pottery in the field. You could never farm that land. That's why they used it for a cemetery. That cost 30 pieces of silver. Here, again, Jeremiah pays 17 pieces of silver, 17 shekels of silver. I mean, it's, it's you know, the, 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 the potter's field was almost twice the price that Jeremiah paid. 
Notice in verse 10, Jeremiah signed the deed to the land and then he sealed it. On the book of Revelation chapter 5, we, got, we see God seated on the throne in heaven and in his right hand is a scroll and Jesus stands up and takes the scroll out of the hand of God and it says that Jesus began to open the seals on the scroll. What is that scroll? That scroll is the title deed to the earth. And it says that Jesus is the only one who is worthy to open the seals of the scroll, meaning that the property is his. He has purchased the earth with his own blood. It's his property. And so he is opening the seals uh, to the title deed to the earth to claim his property that he has, he has purchased. In Revelation chapter 5, I'll just read it to you. Uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Listen to what, what is said there. Those in heaven, they sang a new song saying of Jesus, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. There's that word redeemed, right? The redemption price. Jesus paid the redemption price for the earth. You have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. He is, he is the only one worthy to take the scroll because he's the only one who was willing and more importantly able to pay the redemption price. And he paid the redemption price through his blood. Notice also in verse 12, this transaction takes place before witnesses, it says, in the court of the prison. Now, normally a transaction like this, a selling of property, would take place in the city gates. In the city gates, that's where the elders of the city uh, sat during the day to, to uh, judge and rule over things and to be witnesses to business transactions like this. But Jeremiah's in prison. He can't go to the city gates. So they came to him in the prison to witness this transaction. Now that brings us to verse 13. Uh, then I charged Baruch before them, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these deeds, both this purchase deed, which is sealed, and this deed, which is open, and put them in an earthen vessel, that they may last many days. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. Now, this is the first time we see Baruch mentioned. He was a scribe. He was the assistant to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah gave him instructions. Uh, and he gives these instructions in the hearing of everybody there, of all the witnesses. He told Baruch to put the title deeds in a clay jar for safekeeping. He says that they may last many days. In that jar, they've got to last through the whole captivity, 70 years. You know, in the 1940s, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in the deserts of Israel in a place called Qumran. Uh, they discovered over 900 scrolls and fragments of scrolls uh, in caves in Qumran. And what did they find them in? They found them in clay jars, stored in clay jars for safekeeping. Where did they get the idea of storing scrolls in clay jars? Right here from Jeremiah. Jeremiah does this and he says it's going gonna, it's gonna to last many days. They'll survive many days in those jars. The Dead Sea Scrolls survived uh, 2,000 years. 
Uh, They date back to before the time of Christ uh, in those clay jars. And the reason for storing them in uh, the, the clay jars is found in verse 15. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. One day the land will be restored to Israel and that title deed will once again be valid. That's why he wants to put it in a place for safekeeping. And you think about the circumstances here. This is remarkable. This is a remarkable act when you consider Jeremiah does this on the eve of Jerusalem's destruction with the Babylonians right outside the city wall. He's fully convinced of God's promises. He's fully convinced of God's promises. In spite of the way things look. In spite of the circumstances in the world at that time. He's convinced that what God promised in his word will come to pass. Listen, God's word will come to pass no matter what the circumstances look like. No matter how things may look in your world or in your life. Or no matter how things may look in the world that we live in. God's word will come to pass. You can bank on it. Look at verse 16. Now when I delivered the purchase deed to Baruch, the son of Nerah, I prayed to the Lord saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Jeremiah prays. He says, God, you're all powerful and nothing is too hard for you. The same God who made the heavens and the earth has the power to bring the people of Israel back into their own land. There's nothing too hard for our God. Romans chapter 4 verse 17 says, God gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Only God can do that. To call things into existence that do not exist. Nothing's too hard for him. Jeremiah knows that. In verse 18, you show loving kindness to thousands and repay the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. The great, the mighty God whose name is the Lord of hosts. Jeremiah recognized the mercy and love of God. He's a merciful God. He has loving kindness towards people. You are great And counsel and mighty and work for your eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. He recognized that God is just in his judgment. He's fair. Verse 20, you have set signs and wonders in the land of Egypt to this day and in Israel and among other men. And you have made yourself a name as it is this day. You have brought your people Israel out of the land of Egypt with signs and wonders, with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terror, with awesomeness. God showed his power and his mercy and his love toward Israel before in their past, in their history. He's done it before. He'll do it again. He asked me how I know, and I said. 
We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Jeremiah. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Dan, please visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy. And between work, school, family, and all of our other obligations, it's hard to find time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. When you call, please feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. We'd be happy to pray with and for you. We also appreciate your prayers for this radio ministry. Please tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.